Today on Locked On Canadians, we talk about the introduction of the new general manager and all the things we learned from that press conference. Then we're going to talk about that Dallas game and the Drouet incident, so to speak. And plus, we have a belated three up and three down because this week has been so news packed that we didn't get a chance to do it before today. That's coming up in just one moment. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everyone and welcome to episode 535. My name is Laura Saba, one of your hosts and as always on your first listen of the day I'm joined by the wonderful Scott Matla whose schedule is about to get a whole lot busier with all these NHL schedule changes. Scott how are you doing today? It is has been a very 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 busy day. Uh, Get out of work turn around there's the new unveiling of the Canadian's 18th general manager in history. And it's just been a lot today, but there are a lot of encouraging signs. It's been a pretty good couple of days, all things considered. The game last night in Dallas was pretty fun. The Rocket are back in action. Uh, it, I'm finding it very hard to be overly negative about anything right now. I was very impressed with that press conference. So we're gonna talk about what we learned in that press conference real quick. Number one, is there are a lot of concerns that I had on yesterday's show, not even a lot of concerns, a few concerns, that now that they've all been uh, asked to describe the process have kind of become a lot clearer in our minds and we're very optimistic. I think the biggest thing was that we initially thought that this was a case where he didn't want the job, or I personally thought that. So he didn't really want the job and it took a lot of convincing. And it was made clear in this press conference that no, it's not just that uh, Jeff Gordon didn't have to convince him. It's also that Jeff Gordon Gordon didn't have to uh, convince Jeff Molson. Everybody seemed to be on board with this hire. All of them talked about how thorough this process was. They ended up seeing, speaking to a total of 11 candidates. And the interesting thing is that they mentioned that there were some candidates that were worth revisiting based on their uh, ideas, their philosophies, their thoughts on the team and their thoughts on how to improve the team. So it's entirely possible that some of the people that they have interviewed for the general manager job uh, might be, for example, they might want to hire an assistant GM who's going to be the general manager of the Laval Rocket. That could be a possibility. There's an assistant general manager position that's open that uh, that Kent Hughes said that he was going to make sure he picked the right candidate, but that he was going to try and be as quickly as uh, quick about it as possible. Obviously, there's a massive uh, hole in the drafting and development uh, management area, obviously, with the departure of Trevor Timmons. And so there's a position that needs to be filled. And they all talked about how it's kind of a precarious because it's the middle of the season. And so, you know, they all expressed the uh, difficulty of trying to get somebody from another team. If they wanted to steal or poach somebody, they would not be able to uh, speak to them. And so that's that's a big big, big obstacle in the way, unless they have someone in mind that is not part of the management already. Those of you who live in Montreal will will recognize the West Island French accent that that Ken Hughes had that I thought was super, super endearing. He was very confident when he spoke and he, he interjected once to say, you know, can I just speak to that is that, you know, I did want this position. I don't want people to think that I didn't. And also that I'm confident that I can do it. And also I'm confident that 
I wouldn't be sitting here if they didn't think I was the right person for the job. So there was a little bit of assertiveness there. But I think what has most Canadians fans buzzing is what he said about where he sees the team in the future. He wants the team to be a fast, mobile puck possession team. And everybody was singing. Uh, I think you could hear Angel singing. That was one, two. He did say that he wanted the team to be a contender for a long time. Three, when he was talking about scouting, he talked about, which is something that Scott, you and I talked about last week in our, uh, what do we want the, uh, the GM to do first is to think about what the identity of the team is going to be and then draft players that fit into that option, into, into that mold. Uh, that was very much uh, something that we were thinking about. And this is a thing that was a little bit, it was subtle, but everybody got stuck on it because it was the last thing he said. And he talked about finding the right coach. Um, So there's a lot in that press conference that we learned. There are a lot of positives. There's a lot of hopefulness. There's a lot of stuff that we liked. He said modern organization. I got so excited about that part. Scott, are you as positive about that press after that press conference as I am? There, there was a lot said that obviously it's a press conference. He's not going to come out and be like, wow, this place sucks. Like, yeah, this was the easiest job I ever could have taken. There's a lot to like on that in that they, he mentioned a modern organization, which I think is the key point. And he admits and talks like this is a team thing. This is not a, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is a, we're going to build this Gorton and himself. And I assume Jeff Molson, you know, obviously owner of the team is involved in at least knowing what's going on with that. And I'm very out of all of this, I'm most curious about who's going to get circled back on here. Uh, Patrick, Wah, I feel like is like out out at this point based on his statement the other day. I don't think he's going to be offered another role, but every other person that they might have interviewed and we know of. At least, uh, at least a handful of them, I believe. Uh, I'm really curious to see what roles they're hiring for. Obviously, an AGM, they need scouting help. They need other people in the front office. I'm very curious to see who is in that once they start filling out the team. They're heading to Vegas for the next game. They're going to meet the team there. So Kent Hughes will meet probably not for the first time some of these players potentially. I mean, I'm sure being an agent, he's bumped into them before at various things, but it's very interesting to see now what the next steps are because he wasn't, you know, here is a hard and fast line on what I'm doing, but everything feels fluid. And once he gets a feel for the team, I feel like we're going to see things start rolling immediately, like very, very quickly. He said, you know, Gorton and them mentioned no one has requested a trade at this point. And I feel like once the team is set in those conversations or had, things are going to happen in really, really short order here. And that's not necessarily a bad thing either. I agree. And another key thing that he said is that over the next five to seven days, like he and Jeff Gordon are eager to meet the team so that they can get to know the players, get to know what they're about. Uh, Maybe have those conversations that we alluded to. We're asking, you know, uh, what do you see as the future for you as a Montreal Canadian? Uh, Maybe if somebody wants a trade, they'll start shopping them. Maybe if the team has uh, sort of a, a renewed interest in sticking around now that there's new management in place, I, I, you know, he, he said that he wants to get to know the team. And I think 
as a first step, especially since the trade deadline is the first thing that's coming up, I think as a first step, that's probably uh, the, the most prudent thing to do. And then he's going to look to hiring his assistant uh, general manager. I'm not sure what they're going to do before the draft in order to put uh, scouting in place. He said that they still have a bunch of their scouts looking at players and all of that. Um, and he, he was very astute about the way he evaluated players. He's like, you can't get an idea just by seeing them once or twice in a game, uh, which I think was, was, was really great. I, I really do love the number of times he said modern uh, organization. I also like that Jeff Gorton kept bringing up analytics. Um, they clearly can see that in order to succeed, you have to move into the current century and beyond. And um, I really like that. He also talked about a culture of the organization and not just the players, but everybody who works for the organization to have a common vision and a common goal. Uh, there's a lot about buy-in, I think, um, that that I heard from, from, from what I was sensing in that conversation. So I really, really, really just, I, I'm so positive on this hiring. I can't even, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, and after after hearing him speak, after hearing all of them speak, a lot of the concerns that I may have had yesterday uh, were alleviated. Um, and, um, you know, he uh, he seems to be somebody who's straightforward um, and who's got, obviously, he's a player agent. Uh, he knows how to talk, uh, but uh, all of his players have been very proud of him. Everybody he's represented and worked with have been happy for him and proud of him. So that is a good sign when they wish him success. Uh, and in the meantime, because there has been so much going on over the last couple of days, we did not get to do our Dallas uh, game analysis. We also did not get to do our three up and three down this week. And those are coming up in just a moment. But first, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. That's right. If you use our promo code LOCKEDON when signing up, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. So don't wait. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day. And if you've been listening this week, you'll know that there was so much news and crossovers and opportunities to chat with our fellow Locked On hosts that a lot of stuff got pushed to today and Scott and I knew this would happen. We knew that if we postponed the Dallas Stars recap just by like about half a day, we knew that the game was going to be eventful and fun. And lo and behold, the Canadians won, first of all, there were goals. There were multiple goals that has people in Dallas uh, or hockey fans in Dallas having an existential crisis because the Canadians were able to beat them. And the game was not without controversy either. Right, Scott? Yeah, this game was uh, through for all intents and purposes. It was it was a wild one. Like Michael Pozzetta scored a goal with his face and it's not even anything that's being talked about right now. Uh, by the time the game ended, uh, Jonathan Drouin had been given a match penalty and a five-minute major for cross-checking Tyler Sagan in the head. 
And with that, it's because Sagan cross-checked him in the neck right off the face-off. Sagan was given a two-minute penalty and was not fined. Drouin was hit with a 5K fine today, which is probably right. You cannot cross-check someone and drive them down to the ice while cross-checking them. It is dangerous. Drouin was in the wrong for that, and I also understand why he was mad, because off the face-off, Sagan cross-checked him in the neck. The draw after Jamie Benn tried to start something by slashing at Samuel Montembeau and punching Ben Sherratt in the face in a scrum. The refs kind of let things get a little bit out of hand there and bad things happened. Luckily, it doesn't look like anybody was seriously injured, but it was a game for the Canadians where they scored a lot. Their offense was was running real, real well, but the defense not at its best. They gave up uh, 51 shots. Samuel Montembeau was incredible between the pipes. He made 48 saves on the night. He made a lot of big saves. This was a a kind of a redemption game for him. He's had some games where it's gotten away from him or bad goals have slipped in. In this game, it was all Samuel Montembeau. He was phenomenal. He got some help from the post, which is important, obviously. But it's nice to see him kind of pick up a win where he he might not have in previous games. I don't think this is a turning point in the season or anything, But it does feel good to get a win, especially against a team like Dallas, who is so good at home. Honestly, like it was so refreshing. It was exciting. It was fun. It was eventful. And I'll fully admit that I wasn't I I was going into it expecting disappointment. Uh, I was expecting, you know, another dud of a game, uh, especially a second night of a back to back against a better team than the one they played the, the, the day before. But it did seem like there was a renewed energy and a lot of people were like, Oh, is this the effect of the Canadians hiring a new GM? I think, no, I think a lot of people are just feeling better after, after, you know, injuries and, and, and having to deal with COVID and being in and out of the lineup. I think, you know, I, I feel like that renewed energy was, was, it was well-placed. I think it would have been no matter what the situation was. I feel like in that, in that scenario, in that moment, um, that would have been there. That's not to say the Dallas Stars didn't play badly. I, like, I don't, I don't necessarily think they played too terribly, though. I do think that the Canadians played better than expected. I think they really definitely did. Whether the Dallas Stars played down to their opponent or not is kind of moot because the Canadians did that thing that they have not been able to do in a single game this season. Well, that's not true. They did, they did it a couple of times. In and in a, in a couple of their you know, lofty eight wins, they capitalized on opportunities. They capitalized on mistakes. They capitalized on... on um, on like gaffes or they scored a power play goal like on purpose it was amazing (laughs) and then they scored a shorthanded goal on purpose like that's that's that that ruthlessness that that going for the jugular that they've been missing since the playoffs yes and that's the thing is like Nick Suzuki was phenomenal in that game shorthanded power play uh Christian Dvorak's goal on the power play was that uh, triangle passing play. We saw them try a few times last year. And then this year, it worked out with Devo in the slot there. And it was, that's what I want to see. Even if you're not winning, if I see those kind of improvements where things are being changed and worked on, I'm okay with that because it's a progressive step forward. The penalty kill was aggressive. It kept Dallas off the board. Obviously, a big part of that was Samuel Montembeau, but... They had shorthanded chances multiple times. One of them became a goal. Like Josh Anderson got on the board. Tyler DeFoley got on the board. Christian Dvorak got on the board. It was such a good night for a bunch of guys who needed a good night. And 
I get it. They got blown out of the water shot quality wise, but at the same time, it was close. And then they got up a couple of goals and they kind of sat back. I don't want to make a habit of that, but I saw so many things in this game that it's like, it's improving. It's improving. It's improving. That's all I'm asking for is show me your process for getting better, even if it's not this year. And this game had all of that, to be quite honest, across the board. There was a lot of they're getting better here, 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 and here. This is how perfect. That's all I'm asking for. I would absolutely agree with that. So we have come to the point in this in, in the week where normally this would happen on a Monday night, but Monday, or sorry, on a Monday episode, but our Monday episode was our crossover with Robin Leanio about the ultimate tank battle, which uh, I guess Montreal won by coming last or, or losing to Arizona. Then we had our crossover with Dane, and then we had our reaction to the Kent Hughes hiring. And so we had to move our three up and three down segment to today, and that's coming up in just one moment. So as you know, normally on a Monday, we'll do our three up and three down segment. And very often lately, it has been a lot of uh, the same. So we're very excited to have news and things happen. And Scott, I'm curious for you, for who your three downs are going to be this week. Personally, for me, I had some trouble coming up with them. I had a lot of ups, very few downs. So why don't you go ahead and let's do the downs first and then move to the ups. My thought is my first one is Ben Sherratt for a guy who is likely on his way out. He's not exactly inspiring confidence. His play is dropped off a little bit. And obviously he, you know, came back from COVID protocol and probably being a little bit banged up himself. I I haven't seen the Sherratt that dominated in the, I shouldn't say dominated, played well in the playoffs last year. And I think that hurts the Canadians right now because they need him to step up and be a leader. I think Jeff Petrie has been better, not great, mind you, but I've seen Sherratt kind of go in the opposite direction. And I think that's a big problem because the Canadians need him right now to at least try and stabilize uh, the defense right now. And my other down, I really only have two this week for right now, is Mike Hoffman. The effort against Dallas was there, but uh, against Arizona and in the previous games last week, uh, I couldn't tell you if Mike Hoffman was actually really playing or not. He's He seemed kind of bored almost, and I think that's a problem for a guy playing top six minutes and expecting to be a big goal contributor. If the effort's not there, um, what, what's the point of having him take a lineup spot? I know Caulfield's out and he has to play right now, but that's the kind of thing that you can't have in a season where things are spiraling. That's kind of a negative toxic behavior right now. I agree with you on both of those things. I do want a little bit more from Ben Schrott because unless he's like doing this on purpose because he wants to stay and he doesn't want to get traded. Uh, but there's a lot of buzz around him and he was good in the first half of this season too. It's not just, you know, moments in the playoffs. I think he was pretty good this, you know, like at the beginning of this season. And, and so that's why there are a lot of teams that were interested, but right now, if anybody's scouting Montreal, his value is dropping. So that's that. And and that's exactly what three down is, right? So he's definitely uh, almost at the top of my list. The other three, the the other down is more of a, something that perplexes me more than anything else. And uh, Brendan Gallagher obviously (laughs) took to the internet to comment on it, but uh, 
I feel like, and this might just be me and listeners and Scott, you can disagree. I feel like there's not a whole lot of clarity sometimes when a goal is overturned or not. And it's very tempting as a Canadians fan to say it's because, you know, they go against the Canadians all the time for whatever reason, probably because Brendan Gallagher is there and they don't like him or because the Canadians are a bad team. So there's like a little bit of bias that a bad team wouldn't be able to, you know, uh, score legitimate goals. But like, I just, I find that I'm very confused by them. So that is my third down uh, for this week. For ups, I'm going to say in addition to the hiring, all the thoughts that Kent Hughes has has expressed so far in that press conference, in addition to that, I'm going to pick three. Uh, One is Caden Gooley. He's been playing really well. There's a lot of buzz around him. A lot, a lot of talk. Um, Sean Farrell obviously made the Olympic team, which we talked about last week, but, uh, you know, he would have been my up on Monday. Uh, so that's exciting. And uh, I think Christian Dvorak in the Dallas game, I wouldn't have said this before, but I think, you know, after that Dallas game, I think, I think he deserves to be, we, we've, we've been harsh on him in recent weeks. And I think, or before he was injured, I think he's showing now why the Canadians got him. Uh, I'd agree with that too. Dvorak does get a big up for me for that game against Dallas. He's kind of being thrust in a position where you need to take Philip Deneau's minutes, but we're going to give you offense only wingers. Okay, do your best. And it hasn't worked out. So fans are already kind of sour on him. And when he's given the right line mates, shocking, I know he looks like a really good piece in this lineup. Uh, I want to give Jonathan Drouin one of my ups. I think he's been quietly one of the Habs' best players this season. I know that's not saying a ton, but I notice him doing so many good things, and that's what you want from your players. It's across the board a, a really good thing to see from him coming back and doing that. And then I'm torn because I want to say uh, Nick Suzuki because that's the easy way out, but I, I'm trying to think of anyone else who might be up. It was a short week. Uh, I do think, though, that I'm going to end up landing on Suzuki here. He was so good against Dallas. There were so many incredible things happening. It, the shorthanded goal doesn't happen without him. The power play doesn't happen without him. Nick Suzuki is getting in one of those grooves where it's working. I don't know. If he says Dominique Ducharme talked to him and you know, bring some more intensity to his game. He laid out Ryan Suter, which is not an easy thing. Ryan Suter is not a, is not a small dude. I'm glad we're seeing Nick Suzuki kind of come back into his own here. And I'm hoping with a new GM in place and everything kind of transitioning a little bit here, some of these guys find some of that spark again as the season goes on. You know, you're playing for pride. Show that. What can you do for, you know, to make this season worthwhile for fans and other people? And I think someone like Suzuki is going to try and do what he can to put this team on his back down the stretch here. I feel like we're always in agreement about this kind of stuff, aren't we, Scott? I always say this, but we're going to have to try and find some things to be conflicted about and to disagree on. One day I want to be like, no, all of your ups are wrong. They're actually downs and vice versa. Well, you like Fairmont Bagel, which I feel like is just an absolute thing to have like a Donnie Brook in the street over. But like, I'm not from Montreal, <laughs> so I can't like fully stake my claim in that because I'm not from or I don't live there so you started the Montreal Civil War again look it's not my fault I like a higher end quality bagel come on (laughs) listen Fairmount is quality I love Fairmount all right so Montrealers listeners who have been to Montreal we are reigniting the old St. Vieter versus Fairmount bagel 
argument. Uh, they, this will never end. This is like Sheets versus Wawa in Pennsylvania. Uh, so please weigh in. And other things you should weigh in on is literally anything. Our mailbag episode is tomorrow. So please email us your questions at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. As well, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. If you would like to answer Ask Our Questions on Twitter, you can also find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matley. You will find me at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this podcast, make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, where they have been killing it lately. Um, and you will not be disappointed. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow with our mailbag.